Welcome back to another episode of At Your Convenience. I'm Brett Dworsky with CSP Magazine, and I'm thrilled to be joined by my colleague, CSP's technology expert, Jackson Lewis. Jackson, how you doing? Hey, Brett. Doing great. How about you, man? Um, I'm hanging in. I think that's the only way to be nowadays. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so even during the coronavirus pandemic, uh, the convenience store industry continues to change and grow and look towards the future. You've come on the podcast today to talk about the forecourt of the future and what the consumer experience at gas stations will look like down the line and how operators will need to prepare for this. So my first question for you is, what sort of ripple effects will the ongoing pandemic have on gas station forecourts down the line? And, and boy, that's a great question. Uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's it's a little unclear at this point uh, exactly what sort of the coronavirus is going to have on the experience at the pump. I, I can definitely say that for the short term, uh, cleanliness and uh, having as few touch points as possible is going to be a huge factor. Uh, you might have seen a uh, video from uh, Tanner Krauss of Come and Go uh, circulating on social media recently where he is going through the entire payment process at the pump all on his phone. And it really only takes a few clicks. He, you know, he can't be in that car for more than around 10 seconds. Then he gets out, uh, just grabs the uh, uh, nozzle from the pump, puts it in his car, uh, puts it back and drives off. And that's that. And if, if, uh, if retailers can figure out how to make that just one touch point a little bit safer, uh, then that'll go a long way toward uh, making people feel easier at the pump. Uh, another video <laughs> that, that uh, has been going around, uh, uh, CSP received from uh, Family Express that showed a really ingenious system of uh, having these plastic covers uh, that, can, uh, that uh, uh, customers can use to cover either the touchscreen that they're handling or a piece of equipment that they're handling to make sure that uh, they're not sharing germs from uh, the last person who was there, even if the staff hasn't had a chance yet to go over there and clean that. So I, I think there will be a lot of innovation uh, around, you know, cleanliness and, and reducing touch points in the forecourt for sure. Yeah. As you just said, safety has certainly been the foremost priority, not just at the pump, but throughout the entire station and then the store in general. Uh, so that's really good to know. So besides the impacts of COVID-19, what are the big ways that the customer experience at the pump will change within the next decade? So putting this article together, Forecourt of the Future, about you know, what the Forecourt experience would be like, it was, a little, it was a little odd because the more that we dug into it, it became clear that the way the Forecourt looks really isn't gonna change all that much. Uh, really the biggest change is gonna be uh, the, the change of where the point of sale is located. And most of that is going to be on uh, consumers' phones and on the smart dashboards of their cars. And this is another trend, uh, again, as I, I mentioned, that uh, coronavirus will help spur, I think, is uh, uh, people will be more comfortable uh, making these transactions on devices that they own, you know, devices that they know where they've been. Uh, so that'll be a big part of it, is that the whole payment and, by extension, loyalty process will be mostly on uh, consumers' mobile devices. Aside from that, there is going to be a ton of uh, advanced marketing. Uh, you're gonna have uh, technological advancements that 
are going to help retailers glean incredibly specific insights about their customers in just a blink of an eye that'll uh, allow them to give them a more direct and fulfilling uh, marketing and loyalty experience. Uh, additionally, uh, the the big uh, thing that I'm excited about is uh, I, I talked to Nicola Buck uh, over at VP, uh, and uh, she likened the process to just driving up, uh, pumping the fuel, and driving away. Extremely simple, no you know complicated process of of getting out to punch this complicated uh, user experience. Uh, just a very seamless process that I likened in the article to the way that we talk about Amazon Go today. Uh, you simply walk in, you grab what you want, and you walk out. And I, I think that as time goes on, the fueling experience is going to uh, reflect that even more. Sure, absolutely. Moving back a step, you were just talking about payments. Uh, what will security from skimmers and other threats at the pump look like? Yeah, so this is a this is a big question uh, because obviously bad actors, hackers, uh, skimmers—they're only going to get more creative. They're going to continue to uh, uh, find new ways to dig in and find people's personal information. I, I talked about this really in depth with uh, Gray Taylor over at Connexus, and uh, his big point was that uh, right now uh, most uh, uh, payment uh, processing technology is focused around, you know, firewalls and and similar technology to essentially try to uh, cleanse the uh, the this digital river we all swim in of of pollutants of, uh, of bad actors and, and viruses that could uh, invade personal information. Uh, but he says that the solution down the line is going to involve uh, tokenization, and what that means is essentially turning uh, the uh, consumers' important data into something that uh, can't be hacked into. So maybe a hacker could gain access to that token, but in order to unravel that token into something useful, it would just be impossible. He he sort of likens it to you know putting the data in a in a uh, diving suit that uh, protects it from these pollutants in this you know digital river that we're on. And of course, uh, as we've discussed uh, many times before in in the tech section. Uh, Point-to-point -point encryption is going to uh, continue to be uh, extremely important uh, to keeping that data safe. And this goes beyond just making sure that uh, consumers' personal data isn't stolen. It's also very important in building trust with consumers because for a lot of these marketing and loyalty to work, we're going to be asking consumers to give us a ton of information. And if they're going to do that, they're going to have to trust that when they give that information, it's not going to go anywhere. So it's it, there's a long road ahead of us on this front. Yeah, it definitely sounds like that. So I want to talk about uh, EMVs a little bit. There's been so much talk recently with COVID-19 going on about you know the the potential deadline of the of the EMV liability shift, but. COVID aside, how will the EMV liability shift impact the advancement of four-court technology in the future? Well, I talked about this pretty in-depth with Gray Taylor of Connexus, and his thought is that when it comes down to brass tacks, uh, chip uh, technology in the cards and the adoption of that is only going to slow us down. Uh, when I, uh, 
the most advanced uh, payment system out there, uh, in his opinion, is probably in China uh, with apps like uh, Alipay and, and WeChat Pay. And these apps are, are nearly ubiquitous in that country. Uh, they, they don't really accept cash in, in most businesses because these apps are so prevalent. And uh, what they do is allow you to have a uh, very seamless payment and loyalty experience uh, just from your phone that uh, very easily and quickly updates to whatever new uh, store or shop that you're in. And, and frankly, that is a, an ex a payment experience that we simply do not have here in the United States. And when it comes down to it, uh, it's because of these card companies uh, exacting very specific uh, rules and regulations onto retailers that frankly is stifling innovation. And uh, his, his idea is that you know, once we move away from uh, chip technology and start moving toward tokenization and payment, we won't need to rely on the card companies to provide security. And, and frankly, if this you know, era of disruption in technology has shown us anything, it's that consumers recognize when they're getting a raw deal. Consumers recognize when they're being forced to do something that is uh, inefficient or complicated. And eventually, a new payment option powered by mobile technology is going to come around and people are going to flock to that. And at that point, uh, hopefully, the uh, fuel retailers of the United States will be able to take more control of the payment process at their, uh, at their fuel pumps and, and finally be able to deliver the experience that customers are really looking for when it comes to payments. That makes a lot of sense and ties into a lot of different areas. Just talking about an experience, customers seem to be increasingly, increasingly looking for an experience, whether they're uh, shopping for food or getting their car washed or whatever. Convenience stores are constantly trying to boost this, this experience factor. So you actually wrote about a lot, a lot about the importance of personalization at the pump in the future. So what does this mean for, for customers? Yeah, I, I had a – well – Frankly, everyone I talked to had a lot of great things to say about the importance of personalization. Uh, another great source that I talked to for this article was uh, Alex Kinnear, the CEO of, of GetUpside, a, a loyalty company. And, and this kind of goes back to the conversation about uh, the uh, implicit trust that retailers are asking consumers to have in them. You know, they're, they're, we're asking for a ton of data uh, to make all this work. Uh, and so, uh, again, it's going to be really important that we communicate to customers that your data is safe with the store. We have the you know, tools in place to protect you. Now, once that is all taken care of and, and, and set and agreed, then I mean, I mean the, the world is really going to be the, uh, the, the gas station's oyster, so to speak. Uh, we will be able to really get down to the nitty gritty. If, if, if we can convince consumers to give us access to this information, we can give them a great experience. We can tie offers to their past purchases. And GetUpside is, is uh, uh, doing this today. And, and this isn't just past, past purchases at that specific uh, gas station. GetUpside, for instance, what they do is they uh, mine data from uh, credit cards, uh, from the uh, uh, credit card uh, payment history of, of that consumer. Now, this data is all uh, uh, anonymous. It's so that uh, you can't drill down and, and you know, uh, get specific information about this person. They just take enough information so that uh, they can essentially give the retailer uh, the optimum skills to offer this customer 
based on their past uh, purchases. It's a very scientific way of approaching it. Whereas today, the, the main strategy for loyalty is uh, to you know, give uh, uh, maybe a few different tiers of discounts. You can go to a few different levels, but it still doesn't get quite into the nitty gritty of where it needs to be to offer that really personalized approach. And this personalization goes beyond just uh, deals and offers. Uh, it, we could get to a point where we could personalize you know, price uh, depending on uh, someone's purchase history, both with that brand and others. Uh, you could get down to a point where uh, you could be going up to fuel your car on a hot day and the uh, AI behind the counter is smart enough to realize, hey, Joe over here looks like he could use a cold beverage and offer you a cold beverage, uh, a deal on a cold beverage based on purchases you have made in the past. So it's, it's going to be very easy to, to uh, upsell people because you're actually going to be offering them things that they legitimately want. Yeah, absolutely. And so now that we know about the implications that personalization would have on the customer and the benefits it could have, what do operators need to do to actually make this personalization a reality? Yeah, absolutely. And I got to, you know, uh, hit the hammer on that trust anvil one more time. Uh, yeah, without that uh, implicit trust, you got nothing. You don't have anything. Uh, uh, consumers need to trust that when they give you their data, you are protecting their data. So that's priority one. Uh, and then from there, uh, honestly, it's a matter of technology. Artificial intelligence is only going to get uh, uh, more intricate. Uh, the level of security that we have is only going to get more intricate. And uh, it's also important, frankly, that uh, retailers continue talking to each other. Uh, while uh, Kinnear with GetUpside uh, t takes a very, uh, you know, uh, kind of uh, specific to the individual retailer stance, uh, Gray Taylor of Connexus looks at it more as a, you know, uh, rising tides lift all ships uh, uh, sort of scenario. Uh, Taylor's idea is that Eventually, maybe it wouldn't be the worst idea if uh, different fuel brands all came on one platform. Uh, Taylor's idea here is that a lot of people, they're not really loyal to one specific brand. In fact, that's something that uh, Kinnear from GetUpside also uh, posited in, in our conversation. Uh, but Taylor's idea is that if different people are going to uh, different gas stations you know, just for the sake of convenience on that given day, then we should embrace that reality. Uh, and, and we should allow them to multi-home, as he calls it, and, you know, give them a more seamless experience uh, across brands. Now, obviously, that is extremely difficult. And, and brands want to protect the specific experience that uh, consumers have with their specific brand. And that's completely understandable. It's, it's a little unclear uh, exactly how we're going to get to this, uh, uh, this point of, of seamlessness, but it's definitely going to involve uh, an, an increase in the use of artificial intelligence uh, and uh, the buy-in from consumers and uh, retailers talking to each other to kind of figure out what the industry standards on this front are. Totally. I want to ask you, I want to shift gears a little bit and talk about the vehicles themselves that are coming that consumers are fueling up. Um, there's been so much talk over the past, I'd say, year and change, a couple of years now, about fuel efficient vehicles. Uh, so my question is 
how will more vehicles being out there general and coming to fill for gas, how will they affect refueling in the future? Well, I mean, it's, it's no doubt that uh, the rise of more fuel-efficient vehicles are uh, going to affect trips. There's just no getting around it. Uh, we talked to John Eichberger, the uh, executive director of the Fuels Institute, about this, and uh, he had some uh, great uh, insights on this. Uh, his big thing was that uh, it's, it's really going to depend on the uh, specific location, uh, the specific region that a store is in. Uh, different areas of the country are going to start adopting electric vehicles faster uh, than others. And another aspect of this is that, you know, just because people are in more efficient vehicles, uh, that doesn't mean that trips are necessarily going to decline. Really, all that means is that we're just going to have to pay more attention to uh, giving consumers a really great experience at the pump. You know, I, I'm going to go back to what uh, Nicola Buck from uh, BP told me, uh, which we write about in the very beginning of the article. Let's be honest, the fueling experience of today is not great. It's, it's, it's very inefficient and, and awkward. And, you know, speaking as someone who grew up in Texas and now lives in, in the Midwest and the colder states, it absolutely sucks getting out of your car in the middle of winter to spend all that time out there to fuel the pump. It, it's just awful. So uh, we're going to have to to really focus on on making the uh, the fueling experience, dare I say, enjoyable. Is it possible to make this you know experience akin to brushing your teeth enjoyable? Maybe, <laughs> uh, uh, but but that will uh, uh, that'll go a long way toward uh, making sure trips uh, uh, stay up despite the uh, you know uh, uh, furthering of, of fuel efficient vehicles. Sure. And uh, to answer your question, I don't think it will ever be as enjoyable as brushing your teeth, especially if you're a, a relentless flosser like myself. <laughs> uh, so so one more question about fuel efficient vehicles. What's the current accepted wisdom on the prevalence of electric vehicles, let's say, within the next decade? Man, I sure wish I had that crystal ball to give you the exact answer. Uh, and, and frankly, it, it changes every day. I mean, uh, right now we're seeing a huge drop in uh, fuel prices due to the pandemic. So something like this is going to you know, lengthen the amount of time that it will take for a lot of consumers to uh, switch over to electric vehicles. Uh, because right now fuel is cheap. Uh, uh, gasoline is cheap. So people are uh, going to uh, be more likely to be more comfortable uh, sticking with their gas customers. Uh, but again, uh, that's not going to be the case for every region of the country. And uh, one thing that uh, uh, Eichberger pointed out was that it's really up to individual operators to keep track of uh, where the state of electric vehicles are in their communities. You know, if, if you're seeing a ton of Teslas driving by your store, maybe it's time to install an electric vehicle charger. Uh, uh, but if you're in a community where uh, that kind of vehicle just isn't prevalent, then it's a no-brainer. You know, stick with what you got. Uh, but more technology will start to come out uh, as time goes on to uh, make switching over to electric fueling uh, easier. Electric fueling will become faster and more efficient. And once we start to see those advances, uh, it'll it'll probably start to get closer to catching up and and actually being competitive with oil. 
And, and I, I think it's definitely safe to say that uh, we're going to see electric vehicles start to compete with uh, uh, combustion engines, but I don't think we're going to see them overtake internal combustion engines for quite a while still. Final question here before I let you go, and I think this is probably the one that most people who'd be listening to this podcast would be thinking about. How will emerging technology affect fuel pricing within the next decade? You know, we're seeing right now with the pandemic, gas prices are are as low as, as you know, some of us have ever seen. So within the next decade, uh, with all this technology coming up, I mean, how is fuel pricing going to look? Again, uh, the importance of artificial intelligence and automation here absolutely cannot be overstated. Gone are the days when you can just make gut instinct choices about price. It's got to come down to that data. And these programs that are, are uh, uh, that we're coming out with today, uh, we talked to some folks at uh, Edge Petrol uh, in the UK about this. And uh, there are all sorts of factors that go into uh, pricing from the uh, weather outside that day to the price of oil that day to what uh, the you know competing gas station across the street and even the one across town is offering uh, what the uh, you know what the price was like this time last year uh, what it was like this time last month all sorts of, of very complicated uh, uh, factors go into this so, which is why uh, we're going to need incredibly smart and efficient technology that can sift through the weeds for us. Because again, uh, just sitting back and and having and thinking that you have a gut feeling about how this is going to play out, that's not going to work. That's just plain not going to work anymore. Uh, you have these, you know, eggheads over in Silicon Valley that are literally making up formulas on on how to get people to buy X. Uh, so we need to be uh, smarter and more calculating in response. Smarter and more calculated. I think that can carry over to to everything in, in, in the world right now that we're facing. Um, yeah. So, Jackson, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, given the circumstances, crazy time right now, especially for fuel technology and, and the forecourt of the future is definitely going to look different than it is in a decade, different in a decade than it does now. So uh, that'll be something to see. But thanks again for coming on. Appreciate your time. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Yep, stay safe. You too.